Well, hello, friend. How are you? Distant DNA cousin, welcome. And if you just happen to stop by my channel, A Place for Joy, you are most welcome to a family of friends. Join me as we dive into scripture. I have a riddle for you today. And this is the riddle from the Bible. What does the demoniac, the man who Jesus delivered from all, cast out all those demons out of his body that went into 2,000 pigs. What does that man, that man who was a demoniac, the woman with the issue of blood, and Jairus' daughter, the 12-year-old who died, what do the three of them have in common? Think about it for a second. And please don't give me an easy answer. Don't come up with an easy one, cousin, friend. Don't say Jesus. What do they have in common? Think about that. Think about those stories. And if you haven't read them or you're not familiar with them, you can check in Luke 8. There are a lot of parables you can read. And I believe it starts with, and I'm checking for you, it starts with Luke 8 at um, verse 26. I'll give you a few minutes to check that out. And while you're doing this, let me welcome you once again to A Place for Joy. I am so happy that you've joined me and you've come back. And it's a pleasure, it's an honor that you would take a few minutes to spend some time with me. This is where we get to the Bible, the number one best-selling book in the world, and we look for lessons, gems, things that will help us walk through this life and have the abundant life that Jesus talked about. Okay, friend, what did you come up with? Well, I've been meditating, and this is for me because that's how I share. So I would like to share with you what I learned what were my uploads from the Holy Spirit, and I hope that they're helpful to you. I'm just going to talk, if that's okay with you. The demoniac. This was someone who was bound, chained, naked, and outside of society, hanging in tombs. Um, the people tried to tie him down to help him from really self-destructing, destroying himself. He doesn't seem as if he even wanted these demons, didn't even have him among people. I bet he would have been extremely dangerous among people and absolutely no good to society. And I can read a little description to help you out here. They said he was kept under guard. I'm reading the English Standard Version. He was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demons into the desert. Loneliness, arid places, dry places. And he was isolated. And now let's go to the lady with the issue of blood. For 12 years, this woman, 12 years, she had a condition. She spent all of her savings, her income, her money, and she too was an outcast. 
because she was considered unclean. I am very familiar with this. And on a personal note, I had a lot of challenges when I used to, because that's the stage of life I'm in now. But I had a lot of challenges when I used to have my period. A lot of challenges. This woman had this problem and they couldn't help her. Mine was connected to, and at that point, I didn't know, they didn't know, it was connected to fibroids. Actually, it was one extremely large fibroid. But that's a story and a testimony for another time. Did I get healed of it? No, I had surgery for it. But it's a different story and I promise to share it to the glory of God. I'm going to come back with that story. That's why I mentioned it. But this lady was an outcast. And if you think about it, she was an outcast in multiple ways. During that time, we know that women were really supposed to be two things, a wife and a mother. She had whatever dreams she had, whatever hopes she had. She was isolated. Who was going to marry her? And if she was married, they probably left her. They probably left her. Um, she couldn't have children. Not that you can't, but she had 12 years of this cycle that wouldn't end. This constant flu. Imagine having to deal with that. We, we need to think for a while. Imagine having to deal with this constant issue and then running out of your finances and people calling you unclean when you came around and you having to hide from society. Did she have any friends? Her family probably couldn't let them in or her close to them because that would make them unclean. So you have a demoniac who was isolated into the desert or in arid places or in tombs among the dead. And you have another living dead. Someone who's just struggling to survive with no hope. And then we have a 12-year-old where life is just starting, a preteen vitality, and she got sick. The parents are well off, but they can't help her. Hopelessness, because Jarius was a leader in society. So whatever he could have afforded, he would have done it for his daughter. Desperation led him to this Jewish rabbi that he heard about that healed people to go to say, please come and heal my daughter. And in the midst of Jesus going there on his way there, being surrounded and basically the Bible says thrown by crowds, pressed in where he couldn't just move and, you know, and skateboard through. And Jesus kept it real. He didn't kind of disappear and go from one place to another. He, he, he walked in this human body. He stops to address a woman who has been suffering. The Bible strings these stories together. Did these incidences, I shouldn't say this, did, 
did these events, I'm changing incidences, did these events happen together? I don't know. But that's how they are written in the book of Luke. So I'm going to say they came together. Jesus went from ministering to purposefully getting in a boat to going across shore to this specific place. I'm going to say gather scenes. I'm probably butchering the name. You can check it out for yourself. Where he is met, his footsteps on shore, he's met by a demoniac or a man that's possessed with so many lesions of demons. I think that was on purpose and we've got to revisit that story, not just about the man who was delivered, but the crowd and their response to what Jesus did. We've got to go back to that. Different story. Then we have the lady who hid herself in the crowd. She had to because she was unclean by society. So he made a pit stop, deliberate stop, to go to free this one man because the crowd, the group he came from, his society, not only rejected him, they actually rejected Jesus. They told him to leave. Then there's another crowd and they are thronging and pressing on Jesus to find out what he's going to do next. And in the midst of that, you have a woman who is so desperate for life. Call her a living dead woman. She touches the hem of Jesus' garment. I know personally that she was weak, discouraged, wondering what she had done. Remember, I told you, this is a personal story for me. I identify. So she touches because she's like, I finally, this isn't money. I believe that this rabbi can heal me. She probably believed even more because Jesus said he felt power go out of him. She probably recognized him as more than one of the people hanging around or people from the temple. Somehow this woman heard this story and accepted and recognized this is the Messiah because that was the faith that reached to Jesus. He said, power left me. And his disciples rightfully said, all these people pressing against you and you're asking who touched you? See how real the Bible is? Basically, they're like, what do you even mean? Who touched you? Look at, all the, look at all of these people. But Jesus, our resurrected Savior, our God incarnate, he, 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 he knew when this woman touched him. And he turns around. He takes the time to turn around. And to say, daughter, I've heard this, but if you take time to think about it, in our messes, in our isolations, in our stories that nobody can solve, in our shame, even in our triumphs, in our bondages, the fact that Jesus could turn and take time for this one woman who had been isolated 
and to tell her, daughter, daughter. That rings true from the mouth and the heart of God straight to us, daughter, son. Your faith touched me. You recognized who I was. Jesus didn't insist, you know, I can do this. She took by faith and he accepted. That's encouragement for me and for you that in our lowest moments, even with the crowd, he sees us. Even when life lowers us down to that, where we've been isolated and, and in situations where we don't understand. He didn't explain to her, you know, this happened because of, you shouldn't have done this or that. She went to him in faith. He responded and he said, daughter. And I would love to read this to you because again, the purpose of this channel is to enlighten, inspire, and encourage you. So with all these people are pressing around, they said there was a woman with a discharge of blood for 12 years, not 12 months, not 12 minutes, not 12 hours, 12 years, 12 years. And when she touched his garment, the fringe, ah, just the tip of his garment, she felt it cease. My God, uh, Jesus asked, who touched me? And he said, someone touched me for I perceive that power has gone out of me. We could just stay there, but you go back and you do your digging. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, remember she's been used to hiding, 12 years, she came trembling and falling down before him declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him. Because you see, she wasn't supposed to. So she kind of took her life in her hand and maybe she knew she, he could heal her, but she, she didn't know how he might react to her. She wasn't good enough. She was an outcast and she touched him. And he asked, and he said to her, and by the way, the Bible says she was immediately healed. And then Jesus, our Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. My God, after 12 years of torment and isolation, go live your life in peace. I think about it, I've thought about it myself as I have different challenges, struggles, mental stuff, that God wants us to live in peace because he says that. He said, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives peace. In this world, you shall have trouble, tribulation, trials, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He didn't change her surroundings. He didn't change the government. He didn't change her family. He didn't even change her clothes. He called her daughter. That was supposed to last her until she met him again in eternity. I'm preaching to myself here. 
and he told her to go in peace. So did she probably have more trouble? Yes. She didn't have that issue of blood anymore. She probably had people questioning her, wondering if she was lying to get attention. Even though they saw a difference and probably didn't see someone so pale and weak. And the fact that she now had to a new identity to explain, I can come among you all. She probably had to go to the temple. She still had to do those things, those everyday things that get tiring sometimes. <sighs> but she was daughter. She was daughter. Son, go in peace. That demoniac, because we haven't gotten to the 12-year-old yet. And my nice tablet is doing nice things to me. With the demoniac, and we change when it comes to his name. Jesus asked for his name while he was possessed to cast out those demons. Names are important. That's a bonus. But I love this and I didn't say this. Afterwards, they came and found him sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Get that picture. I don't know how many years he had been tormented, but no more shackled, clothed and in his right mind. You know how sometimes we feel like we want to lose our mind? We got the peace of God. We have a name. And the Bible tells us the nearness of God is our good. We might not be able to feel and touch him, but we've got a name. He called us. He's given us his peace. And us sitting at his feet. Us who were outcasts, rejected, outcast by sin, outcast by society, outcast by the events in life. He was clothed. Just imagine. Did Jesus have one of the, the, the disciples or apostles to find something extra for him? And sitting in his right mind. And when the people saw that he had been healed, they were afraid. But this man wasn't afraid. And he begged Jesus to come with him. He finally had someone who let him touch him, accepted him. And Jesus said, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. Daughter, go in peace. So we are set free to go back into our fallen society and condition, remembering who touched us and who we are. And Jesus took the time and then he's going with this father and the people come to say that his daughter, his 12 year old, let's park there. His child who has all this hope ahead of her, you know, probably had imagined when she would get married, the wedding party he would throw for her grandchildren in the future to watch her grow up. His, his 12 year old, his daughter had died. His daughter had died. And Jesus turns to him 
because he probably was wondering why Jesus was wasting time on someone else. But she's a daughter. Jesus turned to him and he said, and I like this because I need it. When I'm struggling with fear, with anxiety, because we all struggle. And sometimes when people see people sharing from the Bible and think they think they have it all together. I do not. <laughs> I do not. I, I like what Jesus said. Besides the fact that he's touchable, he's approachable, and he goes to you when you can't get to him. That demoniac didn't go to find Jesus. Jesus went to find him. The woman with the issue of blood, she found Jesus. Jarius went to find Jesus. You see how that worked? But in every case, there was the presence of God, a holy God, the God who came so we could touch him, so we could know his heart, so we can be reminded that in this world, we have trouble. But he wants us to have his peace in us. He tells this father, do not fear, only believe. We should memorize that to remind one another, cousins and friends. And he says, she will be well. That, that, that's hard. If you've never seen that before, the people said she was dead. He left her dying, but now the people told him, but Jesus said, and that's a whole different other story. We'll go into that. Don't focus on what they said. This woman had to keep her mind against all odds to touch Jesus because she could have second guessed herself right back into flowing more. She, she had to block things out physically, mentally, and emotionally. And Jesus is telling him as he's walking with him, because we can be walking, do not fear, only believe. And so we go to this girl. And you know what? We're talking about the living dead. We're talking about hopelessness. I asked you what they had in common. We're talking about being outcast. When you're dead, you, you're an outcast. They're about to bury you. They're about to take you away. Your hopes are gone. Life has stopped. You're an outcast. Jesus goes, he puts out the crowd another group, another crowd. There was a crowd in each group. He puts them out. Reaction of the crowd, this crowd is jeering at him and laughing at the son of God. Another crowd. And now we've got this 12 year old and they're laughing <laughs> at the resurrection. And he puts them out. I don't know why it didn't dawn on them like, who gave him the authority to do that? They're laughing and they still don't realize that they obeyed him. That's interesting. Something else to think about and dig into that um, they didn't say, who, who told you to put us out? They laughed, but he put them out. Interesting, the authority and the power of God in the midst of that crowd. He puts them out and then he takes her by her hand and he said, child, 
a little girl arise. Another name, another name, another touch, another touch. The man who had the demons was sitting at his feet. That's close. This woman touched his garment and he said, daughter, she, she touched him. She reached out, she touched. It was just the fringes, but, but she touched because it was touching him. And then this child, he takes her by her hand, the approachable God. And he says, arise. And her spirit returned. And then he tells them to give her something to eat. And then she and her parents are left. They're left with that story. They're left to be ministers of reconciliation. They're left to go back into that crowd. Will this child have challenges? Probably. Will she get sick? Might she be bullied later on? But she has a name. Jesus called her child. Jesus touched her. Jesus told her to get up. She has a story too. We've got our stories. We've got our testimonies. We've all, if we have accepted him as savior, we all know that this is our reconciliator who takes us from despair, from darkness. Not that it doesn't happen again, but he has called us by name. He's touched us. He's with us to carry us through. And to, for us to remember that as those challenges come, to not hear the noise of the crowd, but to remember who we are, how near he is dwelling within us, and that no matter what it seems like, he cares. And it is not impossible to him our Jesus, our God, our resurrector, our healer, our deliverer, our friend. Friend, thank you. I look forward to seeing you. I'm going to be starting a segment requested by a distant DNA cousin where I just read the Bible and I'm thinking about doing it on Wednesdays. I'll let you know when I start, where I just pick a book and just read and we read through it. And then we need to come back. There are other stories spun from this story that I would love for us to dig in and share. If you choose to subscribe, I will be excited. Even more so, if you choose to share, that would be a blessing. And if you choose to come back, I will be honored. Thank you for joining me on A Place for Joy. Stay encouraged. I hope you were inspired and enlightened. Peace.